There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network, a network that gives you the cat chat every Wednesday, a network that gives you one of my interviews every Monday, and here on Thursday on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, it's the runaway hit of the podcast season. Questions from the audience. Woot! And alongside, as always, here in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Look, everybody, it's the Plowhawk and it's Iggy. Hello again, everybody. What up, Tim? How are you? I'm wonderful. Iggy, Timothy? what's the good word? I'm just going through Instagram. What's so. going on on Instagram today? Uh, just bots liking my post from two months ago. Nice. Zoe Fox is moving back to L.A. Congratulations to her. Maybe getting back in the business. We'll see. Yep. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout questions from the audience as to the whereabouts of Zoe, uh, I, I, the people have submitted questions, and I'm just not, I'm not going to filter them anymore unless I guess I can't say. So I'm going to move a line, which I don't like. When people say, "Well, you crossed the line. Where is the line?" I will be the judge and jury on the line. So far, all submissions though have been read, and I will continue to try to do so. And if they gain traction, they do. If they don't, they don't. What's the most expensive seafood you've eaten? I feel like this is a callback to Iggy saying. <laughs> The most expensive seafood is Dover sole. Because to me, it's like, oh, it's lobster. What else is there? But I don't know. When you don't grow up on a coast, maybe I'm missing out on things. I've had some expensive sushi in Las Vegas, in New York. But I feel like lobster. But maybe there's some fish that, that everybody's like, oh, that's the most expensive one outside of the Dover sole. I mean, the question was, not this question, but the other question was, What's one of the most expensive fish around? And I just thought of Dover sole. Um, I don't believe it's the um, most expensive fish I've had, but I don't eat a lot of fish. And if I do, it's not exotic fish, mm. you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I had a, um, I think it was a 48-ounce South African lobster tail. Wow, 48 <laughs> ounces. Holy moly, cockatoli, three uh, pounds, Jack. Yeah, they serve that at... Uh, they used to serve that at um, where I worked at Nantucket Cove, a 48-ouncer. And I think even back then, it was like 38 40 bucks. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably 100 something So, yeah, probably that. I mean, a 48-ounce South African lobster tail. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't eat a lot of fish. I'm not going to say, yeah, I was in Shanghai once, and I had this uh, this nice. puffer fish that was... Uh, Cost us two hundred and forty eight dollars, but God, it was great. It was three bites of fish, but uh no, I mean, halibut is pretty expensive because halibut. there aren't a lot of places that can get halibut anymore, so yeah, so I'm sticking with Dover sole. How about that? Dover sole is still on uh, uh, plowhawk what are you? 
Well, seeing as I eat, you know, Chef Boyardee, microwavable cups, tombstones, right. I haven't lived the expensive, lavish lifestyle. You don't need to. You're happy with what you have. So you got that eight-pack of Mrs. Camp. Paul's? <laughs> Mrs. Paul's. I will, camp. I will say um, I had a seafood place when I was in Nashville, of all places, and it was rather expensive. Um, it, but I'm a lobster fan. I don't really try to – when it comes to fish, I go to my go-tos. I don't try to get anything new because – it, 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 fish has a very distinct taste, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. So I'm, I would just try to be on the cautious side. So I got a really good lobster tail. That's probably the most expensive. I think it was forty five bucks, fifty bucks. Nothing expensive. I mean, mine's lobster, but I, I it's feel so like, good. Yeah, I mean that's. It's, but I mean, like I said, I've had some sushi. That's. But I mean, it isn't like absurdly expensive. I mean, it's expensive for sushi, mm. I suppose, or sashimi. I guess would be what it was. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's just tough because I'm not really well traveled either. I've never been outside of. Well, I mean, outside of like. North America. Is Aruba North America? I guess it can't be North America. It can't be North America. Where? There's no way it's got to be South America. Aruba. Because it's like 30 miles. You can see Venezuela and Colombia from there. That'd be considered the Caribbean, wouldn't it? But I mean, that. but as far as continents go, Uh like the Caribbean would be North America. I had no idea when I booked that trip. I just, I I figured it was like Jamaica, Turks and Caicos type thing. And then I'm looking at a map and going, oh my God, did you fly to South America? You been there, Seamaster? You're nodding it? Oh, yeah. It's a great place. Recommended big time. Uh, but I had no idea. Aruba? Yeah. Oh, like, I've been there. Like, oh, you have been there? Yeah. Yeah. How far down it is. I mean, for real. You're, oh, yeah. You you're think a... it's like, oh, it's right there off of Miami. No. It's... No, it's it's literally, you fly, I think we flew over Venezuela in order to, to get there. But anyway, uh, yeah, my point being, I'm not well-traveled. Uh, I do a lot of Las Vegas, but not anything else. Uh, By the way, Sylvia Crystal was in Lady Charlie's Lover. I was who's going... always in Emmanuel. Yes. Uh, the one I mentioned was in the 2015 version, but Sylvia Crystal, uh, rest in peace, uh, she was in that one. If you don't support the sponsors, the podcast may cease to exist, so please make sure you support the sponsors. Give them a call. Do business with them. And and with this one, you got to do business with an insurance agent anyway. Might as well do business with one who is supporting the podcast and is locally based, and that's what James Carlton State Farm is all about. 314-961-4800. 314 or online at carltoninsurance.net. If you're in front of your computer right now while you're listening to this, go to carltoninsurance.net right now and just get a quote to see what the good word is. And there's a good chance the good word is save. You can save money. Ask yourself a question. What's my insurance company doing for me? Then go check them out on Google and Facebook and see what they're doing for others in your community. The good news is you probably already have the product that James offers. The bad news is, if you're not with James, you're without question sacrificing service and likely paying too much. That's why when you go on Facebook or Google reviews, you see the kind of reviews James Carlton gets because of the service. Most insurance agents can offer you some kind of arrangement, but nobody can duplicate the caliber of service and ability to save like James Carlton can. 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. What was your favorite TMA slash Inside STL live event? Hmm. I think this one's an easy one for me. I think where it was and how well it was put on, it had to be the 10th anniversary party at... Um, and that, was a, that was a great night. It yeah. was just... It was good people there. It was a perfect, beautiful night. I think it was a little chilly. But you had the outside atmosphere at the beer garden. Then you transferred over, I do believe, Truman's for the after party. And yeah. it was just really it was packed. You couldn't get packed. in. That was nuts. And so I think that for me, and that was early on in my show career, I think that I was only one year in at the time. So it was 
it was amazing to see. It's what, a nice play, play. Huh? Yeah. So I think 10th anniversary for me. I wasn't at that one. You would have liked it, Iggy. Um, I think I was at the woman then, maybe. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, TMA live event? TMA or Inside STL event? Probably. Like necessarily a TMA live, but it could be. Probably the first broadcast we did, me and Larry of the uh, producer Joe Timberfake boxing match. That's, for the ages. It's a great a broadcast. Just that uh, people had to wait because a train was coming. There were people made, crawling made under the special. train to get there. And uh, I'm doing a live hit with Jay Boyd. Um, and I'm looking to the side, looking at the crowd, asking Larry, Larry, look at this crowd. You know, there's people for Joe. There's people for Timberfake. It's going to sell out, and I look to say, what do you think? And he's over getting a lap dance. <laughs> um, and I just think the atmosphere in there was uh, <laughs> was electric. So I would say that was probably the funnest one. That and uh, maybe the Ariana Marie TMA Live when she was uh, at that classic. one. That was fun. Jennings yeah. had a big night. He had yeah. a very big night. I'm trying to think, you know, because as we're recording this, it's like almost to the day of the 10th anniversary of the first Girl Next Door of the Year party, which... The only person who could have possibly been there would have been Iggy. You know? I was there. You were there. And it was at a place called Lush, I think. Lush, yeah. On, uh, God, what was it, on Locust or Olive? One of the Olive. Uh, kind of in Midtown, close to St. Louis U. Downtown West, as I believe the official uh, vicinity. And I just remember how many people were there and just being like, oh, my God. Uh, and that's what stands out to me. And it was fun. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. Uh, and then, uh, also thinking about the 10th anniversary and how many people were there. That was a fun time. It was a celebration though of, you know, it was great to have the 10 years, but all that we had dealt with to get to 10 years was the thing that I appreciated. And then how many people were there, how many people went out of their way to be there. That was so cool. And then like how Plowhawk was saying, like Truman's, you could not get in. You literally could not get in. They ran out of certain booze. It was so crowded. Uh, the fights have been, uh, good, they, they're usually good maybe in the moment, and then there's sometimes some baggage that comes after the fact that makes them maybe not worth the squeeze. Second one being the really the big one. Uh, so, well, there have been three. You know, you were only aware of two. You were oh, around yeah, the two. Maca- yeah, they were, I yeah didn't, so, yes. so there have been three, but uh, but either way, to raise money and, and have that many people show up for it and to see the attention for it is pretty amusing. But I think I would agree with the 10th anniversary one is well. There are probably others... You know, our first happy hour at Tin Can in, like, February of 2006. And seeing a bunch of people show up there, that was cool. I mean, it was just kind of like... I a, thought it's sparing middle school as well, but I don't know if that's... That was great. I don't know if I would consider that, like, an event, but that, that, was, yeah. that was... That was that was going to be my number one, but I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. that's that, as far as, like, but I don't consider that an event. As far as something that the show did, the audience of the show did, that was where we raised all that money. Uh, the audience raised all that money. That was the best. What was the... Uh, Favorite vacation you've taken, either as a child or as an adult? Um, vacation, because I've all through my, I think all through the eighties and early nineties was a vacation for me, and I was working. Um, so we didn't take a lot of family vacations. That I mean, we'd go to like I think we went to Six Flags over Texas one year. Uh, we went to the Lake of the Ozarks one year to. Silver Dollar City, um, but those are always just kids, and you're all piled into the station wagon, kind of like Chevy Chase, and you're driving to these places for vacation, so I was kind of little. Um, I don't know. I mean, all of my all of my Hedo trips were fun, and those are always vacations. Yeah, you get some always, great vacations under your belt. Um, I would say that it was just last summer, not the one that just passed, the one before that, where um, 
the whole family decided to get together for a family reunion down in Gatlinburg. And we rented a, a house up in the Smoky Mountains. It was like a six, seven bedroom house up in the Smoky Mountains. And that was cool because during the day we'd go out and do stuff with the the kids and go into Pigeon Forge and do all that and do trout fishing. And then at night we'd cook or grill and then sit out on this huge patio that just went around the whole house overlooking the Smoky Mountains. And so that was kind of fun because it's been a while since the whole family had gotten together and caught up because I got sister living in Orlando, a sister living in Atlanta, a brother living in Fort Myers. You know, I got people all over the place. So it was good that everybody kind of like traveled in and was there for that week in Gatlinburg. So that was kind of cool. I think mine... Caught no trout. Seven days, not one trout. <clears throat> Didn't even see a trout. Put a disappointing spin on that one. I think for me, we used to... Me and my family, my mom and dad's best friends live out in uh, Chandler, Arizona, which is right, I think, right next to Phoenix. And so we would go out there and celebrate Christmas every year. And I remember we would go... We took a train ride. I don't know, Sedona, if anybody... Sedona, knows, yeah. It was absolutely... even like as an a, artistic... Uh, community yeah even as a kid taking a train ride through sedona seeing all the like just the mountains and just all the arizona scenery the desert scenery was just absolutely unbelievable and even as a kid i think i was only 11 years old he still got the i mean just it was great so i think and i like the arizona area scottsdale would be a dream place of me to yeah. you know retire at so i would say just little trips with my family to arizona are probably the most memorable as a kid, I'm going to answer it too. As a kid, Hilton Head, that's uh, still where my family goes, but uh, to drive down there, that's what we would do. Uh, and I just loved being in the ocean. Still do. Strange thing. I have no idea what that's about. I love to get knocked over by waves. I have no idea what that's about. It's a really odd thing. It's relaxing, and it's kind of like, you know, this ocean is so big, and you're out there standing in it. But my... Uh, Dad, we had like one of these boats that at the time, I'd love to see what these waves actually looked like now because when you're like eight, they feel like they're monsters. But me and my brother Danny would get in like this raft, but it was a boat that could fit both of us. I say boat, like a raft. And uh, and my dad would hold the thing so we wouldn't, you know, go shooting out to sea or whatever, (laughs) or it would flip badly. And all we would do is just wait for big waves to knock us over. And we absolutely... Loved it. And when we would show up at the beach and see the waves were big, it was the greatest thing ever. And ever since then, this is the 80s, mind you, I go back there and I'm like, man, the waves aren't big here. So I don't know what the hell. The waves were probably never big, but they just seemed big. Uh, Recent, there was a time, and since I've been public with uh, Anna Marie and, uh, how do you say this, our, I guess, and my wife and I, our struggles to get pregnant after our second failed IVF. Uh, and for those of you who've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. Not only the financial cost, but the emotional cost of the IVF, which is something you're not really considering until after the fact. And you're like, oh, my God, it costs this much money. But even worse is how distraught my wife is. After our second failed IVF and thinking we weren't going to have be able to have kids, uh, which was like December 15th, I think. We went, uh, we, I just, I felt like I had to get her out of town because we'd already had a miscarriage a few months earlier and we went down to Sanibel and it was just the two of us and it just was, it was like a, I don't know, it was just a a great week. Not because we did anything significant, but just because it was the two of us and it was, and it helped her. Uh, so I've loved my Las Vegas trips. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure from a fun standpoint, that's it, but there've been luckily a lot of those in the Hilton Head stuff as a kid and still now. But as far as a significant trip, that was it because it just helped my wife so much. 
and I look back on that one with some nostalgia because of its significance. Uh, da, 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 da. This is a good one here. I guess this is theoretically more for me, but you guys, I'd be curious what your opinions are. What odds would you put on the city-county merger actually happening between the fallout from the MLS stadium uh, failure, comments from influential citizens like Tom Stillman uh, on your podcast, and St. Louis not making the final 20 in the Amazon contest while cities that have figured out regionalism did, i.e. Indianapolis and Nashville, there seems to be momentum building for this to happen. But with St. Louis's legendary parochialism and systemic issues like racism, identity politics, etc., Kill the momentum, even though most reasonable people agree it's the right thing to do. Uh, what do you guys think? For me, it's difficult because I'm not from the city. Right. Uh, I've lived here for five years, so I, I know about it. And I, I and to me, it, it would be hard to get the logistics of things. But for a pros and cons standpoint and for what ha- I mean, what was said in the question, you, you lose the MLS, you, you le- your NFL team leaves. I think it's only a matter of time that it happens, but I couldn't put a percentage on it. Because I don't know what has to happen first or what the proper steps are to do it. And so I would say, obviously, in time, but that could be 20 years yeah. from now. So I don't know if I could put an accurate timetable on it. It needs to happen, though. Hey, what you got? I don't think it happens. I mean, there's been opportunities, and it's it's. I don't know what's going to change that the county is going to say, yeah, this is a good idea. We're going to do this. I mean, it's, it seems that the county will drag their feet. They don't want any part of what's going on in the city. Um, so I... Maybe eventually, not in my lifetime, it's not going to, they're not going to merge because the county has, the county looks at it like it's a no win for us. I mean, what are we going to gain out of merging with the city? What are we going to gain? Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's just, that's a different philosophy where I'm coming from on stuff. Like I am the high tide lifts all boats, you know, what's for the greater good. Uh, and I realize a lot of people don't think that way. And I suppose perhaps even more so in the St. Louis area than other regions of the country. Uh, and I understand it, um, but I respectfully disagree with it. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen soon. Um, I'm not sure you mentioned lifetime. I'm not sure it happens in my lifetime. You know, I'm giving myself another 30 years, might be liberal, uh, that uh, I, don't th- I don't know if it would happen in that amount of time. I'm hopeful. There's. I would disagree with the question. This guy's a good... Uh, poster on the fan page, Jeremy Couture, I believe is how you pronounce his name. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, and I know he's a sharp guy. I don't know if, I, I think there might be, moment, you might feel like there's momentum building for it in your circle. I don't know if you would say there's momentum building if you were to pull St. Louisans. And by that, I'm going to talk about just city residents. Um, I think the discussion is certainly more prevalent than it was even a couple of years ago for some of the reasons he cited. But I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have high hopes for local government, which I realize is a, you know, if I posted that on Facebook, it'd get like a hundred likes and I'm not trying to do the populist rhetoric thing and jerk everybody off with likes and retweets, try to have a point. But I just, I don't, I just don't. And and part of it really is I just don't think the people in the county will want to do it. And I think that's really the core issue. And then, then there's a follow-up question under this one from a different person to add on to this. Why are some people in the County so opposed to a merger with the city? The argument I hear a lot is that they hate how the city government is run. Now I can understand hating how the city is run. I personally don't care for how the city or, or County are run, but do people think there won't be elections post merger? You can always just vote out the people you don't like. 
And I just think, now this is this may not be fair because the data may not represent this, but I just think there are a lot of people in the county who go, I don't want to float the city, so to speak, you know, uh, even if that might not necessarily be accurate. In other words, uh, you have a, you know, person such as Tom Stillman, who I don't think would be considered hard left wing by any means, uh, talking about the tens and tens of millions of dollars, if not more, wasted on duplicate services that would be eliminated by the merger. And how when other businesses around the country are looking at places to relocate or add new uh, locations, as he said, they look at St. Louis and they go, they eat their young there. Those are his words. Those are Tom Stillman's words. Um, you know, and, and then you look around, you go, what does Nashville have that St. Louis doesn't? And again, we're talking about Nashville. Nashville. When I was growing up in the 1980s and we would drive through Nashville to go to Hilton Head, resetting on the Hilton Head discussion, the spine of the conversation, uh, that we would go, oh, what's, what's Nashville? That's where they have the country music thing, you know. But now Nashville's like seen as on the same level as St. Louis. Yeah. And as Stillman also said, I said, I remember growing up and you would like aspire to be, at the, you know, try to be at like one of the top 10 cities. Now it's like you're trying to hold on to be one of the top 30, if it even is. And uh, and then Stillman goes, what's next? In 10 years, we're trying to compete with Des Moines. You know, it's not a shot at Des Moines. It's just saying where our goals are. And I don't I don't, I don't know what is going to because I just feel like there's this huge divide between the city and the county. And I just don't know what the county feels like is their incentive and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I don't know if they feel like there's an incentive to do so. So I don't know how soon it will happen. I think it will. I just think it's going to take a long time. Uh, I like hearing all the talk about bad beats and poker in one of the more recent episodes. With that being said, what are the chances of what needs to happen to bring back online gaming? I miss poker stars like crazy. I'll field that one. Um, I do think that's going to happen. I think that'll happen before the city-county merger. Um, I, I don't know... I just feel like it's money sitting there to be made. But I guess with the country being as polarized as it is, it's not necessarily an issue that, that that people are dying to see, as in the mainstream dying to see, and therefore it's it just kind of struggles along. I mean, at this point, we're approaching the seventh anniversary of online poker in the United States getting shut down, yeah. which is amazing to me. April 15th, 2011. Uh, now, you still can play, but it's not nearly what it was, you know, when you had party poker and more specific and recent poker stars in full tilt. So you have that. Maybe you'll see sports gaming, and then that would be like the the, the dam breaks. Uh, I, for the life of me, don't understand it. For the, I mean, I, I my belief is it's it's re, it's revolved around social conservatives and religion, and you know, I, therefore it's tough to get inside the mindset there. Outside of it, dogma tells some people in the United States that certain things are wrong, even if they are not participating. Um, and, or, uh, you know, it's the proverbial victimless crime, but then they'll say, well, is it victimless if these people go into debt and, and you can just keep going and going and going down wormholes and. Well, if that's the argument, I mean, a bad investment, do you get your money back from a bad investment because he lost all his money? I mean, it's a risk. It's reward. You know, like I, 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 you know, the the whole thing, the UIGEA is there for, for a game of skill and poker is a game of skill and. Those who say otherwise don't play it and don't understand it. And it's like I get, you know, anybody who's going to argue that with me I know doesn't play. They see it in a casino and say it's a game of chance. 
I'm all for slots and so on and so forth, but slots would be a game of chance. Poker is a game of skill. It would even say daily fantasy sports is a game of skill. But I also realize those who agree with me, I'm preaching to the choir, and those who disagree with me don't play it and don't. There's always an element of chance. There's an element of chance when you're playing golf and your ball rolls into a divot, even if you hit it 320 yards down the middle. You know, not too many divots out there unless it's somebody's second shot. But the point being is that there are elements of chance. But is there more skill than there is chance? And the answer is yes. Over a million hands, if I play somebody who doesn't play poker and, they, uh, and they're playing me, I'm going to win more often than not. There's not a doubt in my mind. But that's, you know, whereas if we were both lined up playing slots, there's absolutely no way to know who's going to win. But, you know. So my my overall point is I think it will happen, and I think the sports gaming is the thing that could open it up. Yeah, uh, I, just, I don't think they really want to take the time to figure out how to regulate it. I, I feel like when they realize how much money's sitting there, it could kind of be like the marijuana thing. Like it was such a big deal when Colorado broke through, and now everybody's kind of like, oh well, this is sitting there. Why not? Uh, and so then it goes then it goes state by state. There are states doing it; they're trying to do it, but it's not. Not there yet. And finally, what's your favorite sporting time of the year? Uh, oh, mine's easy. Okay, go ahead. Because uh, it revol- revol- revolves around my birthday, which is March 14th. Love when it comes down to... Well, you know, you're talking about the tournament. You talk about the tournament. You talk about March Madness. Nice. First four in, last four out. That type scenario. You have hockey coming down to the wire. Y- you know, you have off-season talk for football and baseball. Has spring training rolling around. And so, to me, all of that, and my, and my, those are my favorite, you know, sports. You know, you have college basketball tournament, spring training, early season of baseball. You have hockey coming down to the wire. That March, April, to me, is phenomenal. So, I have to pick that, along with my birthday there. So, Pretty simple, Masters. Ah, good one. As soon as the Masters starts, I know warm weather's right around the corner. Yeah. Golf season is starting I, well, again. I, 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 I picture all of these under one umbrella because they're saying time of the year, although to me then it's really only— I wanted to go March to April, so I don't, I don't yeah, know Yeah, exactly. or you go September, October, because yeah. then you have, you have the NFL, mm. college football, and baseball playoffs. So it's one of the— but I but then but that also reminds me, because you just made reference to it, then it's about to get cold once this is over, and I hate that. <laughs> so— March with the NCAA tournament, although that does not have near the appeal to me as it has. Even, I agree with that, too. Yeah. It does? Really? Same for you? I still— Because I, 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 people say, oh, it's because you're a Missouri fan, and, and it's I'm just an not fan. it. They both it's fell not, off the map. College it's not basketball, that, no. to me, is just not the same. Yep. 40 and, or 50-point game, player—the one-and-done rule— kill, I kill That's me. what I think. It, it, I, you can correlate my interest as lost here, right that year. Terrible. What year did that What year did that happen? I thought Andrew Bynum was the last high school player that was 20— I, 2011 or 2012, really? I think it was. Yeah. That's right. See, people would say you're a Missouri fan, and they were good in 2012, and they got knocked out by Norfolk State, and I get it. Maybe earlier now, but I can't remember. But it just, I just, I, I'm, I'm in this thing where if a regular season doesn't matter, it's tough for me to really get all mm-hmm. that worked up about it. And then if you can't identify with players, and they change every, I just, it just doesn't have as much appeal. That's Colin Backwell does schedule well, though. There are a lot of ranked on ranked non-conference matchups, especially with those tournaments at the beginning of the year. That to me is a little better than the beginning of college football. Well, but once that. you get to the, I mean, once you get to the conference, cha- it's conference tournament games. They're just blah uh, all over the. Country. I uh, is, but so it's it's that combination. Then right when that ends, you have baseball season starting up, usually a day or two earlier. Or a day or two after, and then Jim Nance goes from calling the championship game on Monday night directly to Augusta, and you have the Masters, and the weather warms up, and you have just three outstanding sporting events with 
college basketball with baseball opening up and with the Masters. So, and then the weather warms up. So from my standpoint, that's that's it. I suppose I love college football so much, and if the Cardinals are in the mix in the playoffs, then that's great. But as soon as it's over, or before it's even over in many cases, I mean, picture you wearing shorts when you're at a Cardinal World Series game, uh, then the weather gets cold and it just sucks for the next four or five months. So that is my official answer. Uh, thank you, as always, for the questions, the submissions, some good ones uh, from the audience. It's questions from the audience. And it's brought to you by thehomeloanexpert.com. He is the sponsor of our studios, Ryan Kelly. If you're in the market to buy a home, if you're in the market to refinance, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. You won't believe how much money you can save. You can just type it right in there to find out right on the front page of thehomeloanexpert.com. Or call 800-991-6494. That's 1-800-991-6494 and learn all about it yourself. But you can enter those numbers in on thehomeloanexpert.com and see how they can help you. Whether you're buying a home or you're refinancing a home, it's thehomeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Thank you to all of our sponsors, including thehomeloanexpert.com, James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agency, Triad Bank, and of course, Gateway, Buick, GMC, Gateway, the right way, at I-270, McDonald Boulevard. For the Plowhawk, for Iggy, for executive producer, John Seymour, I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the homeloanexpert.com studios.